Well, welcome to you. Uh, my name is Rob, and it's a complete privilege to be able to share some things with you this afternoon, this morning even. <laughs> welcome to those joining us on, on stream as well. You're very welcome. Wonderful. Um, so the original plan today was that we were going to be starting a new series in Ephesians, and we were getting all excited about it, and then last weekend happened. So I, if you weren't here last weekend, I do apologize all of the talks, all of the worship, everything that we did really was online and is still available um, either by video or by audio. And I would encourage you to try and catch up on some of that because we just felt as we met this week as elders that we needed to pause a bit <laughs> after last weekend, that we just needed to take stock, sniff the air a bit and say, what just happened? What did God do? What is it that we need to get hold of? So I do apologize if you missed out. You really did miss out, you know. But I want to try and give you some of that this week and encourage you with some stories of some of the things that God did because there were some amazing things that happened. I mean, for me, I'm just going to tell you a load of stories now. Is that okay? You like stories? Uh, so it started for me, I traveled with Surprise Satoli uh, for the first two days of his visit here in the UK, and he was at, doing a conference amongst leaders on Thursday and Friday in Bedford. And uh, it was just amazing, an amazing opportunity to go around with a guy who's moving in some stuff. I mean, seeing some amazing miracles, uh, has got a phenomenal ministry, uh, especially for leaders and releasing leaders. And we had a session in that conference where we just prayed for the sick. And I was one of the guys on the ministry team, really, and prayed for this young lady called Nikki, who had an incredible encounter with the Lord. You could see the Holy Spirit was on her in a phenomenal way. But she wasn't healed, you see. So she was obviously a little bit disappointed, full of expectation. God kind of met with her and she wasn't healed. And so I called up with her afterwards and I said, look, tell me a bit about what's happening. And she said, well, I've got three discs in my back that have completely uh, been worn away or they pop or something. They, so she had, was in constant pain. She wasn't able to move. She wasn't able to bend over. And uh, I said, well, would you like me to pray again? And it was kind of, well, do you think it's going to do any good? <laughs> and uh, I said, should we just deal with that disappointment first of all then? Because, you know, sometimes we can get disappointed with God. Let's just deal with that. And so we just prayed and said, Lord, I feel really disappointed that you didn't heal me. But, Lord, I just want to come to you again. And I said, and I'm going to add on to all the prayers that have been prayed already because they're all kept in heaven. Did you know that? All the prayers of the saints are kept in a golden bowl in heaven. So I said, we're just going to add some prayers onto that and we're going to see a miracle right now. And prayed for her and immediately the Holy Spirit fell on her and she bent down at an impossible angle and nearly hit the floor. Now, she can't bend, so she can't physically bend. And then, I, and I said, I'm not going to pray for your healing. I'm going to pray for new discs to go into your back, okay? And she felt something go into her back, stood up like this and said, oh, my goodness, it's done. <laughs> and she was complete. All the pain just went. All of the referred problems that she was getting went. And we, we feel like she had new discs. I followed up with her this week. And I said, are you better? And she said, I'm 90% there. There's hardly any pain. There's just a bit of stiffness. I think maybe the discs are just wearing in. <laughs> so amazing, amazing creative miracle happened in front of our eyes. Oh, man, isn't that exciting? So that's one story. And Friday night, we had a meeting with leaders, just uh, sort of the wider leadership team of Jubilee. And the presence of God came to such an extent, we didn't actually want to close the meeting. Nobody wanted to go home. We were there for ages, just bathing in the presence of God. And one of the guys, he's traveled with uh, surprise for many years now, about 11 years, uh, a guy called Clint. You will have met him. Um, he said, I haven't encountered the presence of God like that for many, many years. It was just phenomenal. And they spoke to us and encouraged us as a church several times over the weekend. So it's like there's a treasure trove here that is completely taken them by surprise with how God is moving amongst us. It was so easy for them to come in and be amongst us. So they just wanted to encourage us like that. I'll just read you a couple more stories. As a lady at the conference said, I realized within moments of being in worship 
that I've been dead for years, but now I've come alive. (laughs) On Saturday evening, a lady with, I'm told, with muscular dystrophy was touched. She was experiencing pain and stiffness across her neck and shoulders. And as she was prayed for it, she said she had improved movement, which she hasn't been aware of for a very long time since suffering with the condition. And the pain wasn't as intense. And then, Trev, do you want to just come up and tell us what happened over the Internet? Hi, Mum. I'm watching you. Ruth suggested that we did this bit over a reverse live stream, but I thought the technology might be a bit tricky. I had a conversation with Mum the day before the conference, and she said, well, what do you think? Do you think there's any point in the live stream? And I'd said, well, look, the live stream is not professional. It's not good enough for BBC TV. But there's something of the presence of God that comes over. And I said, look, mum, if people receive down the live stream, they'll meet God. And, you know, we did it as a family. We watched one of the sessions yesterday and the kids were just overwhelmed with the power of God. We had one of the youth doing the live stream today. There's an invitation. If you want to do the live stream, please speak to me because we need people. (laughs) (laughs) So a couple of days after the conference, Tuesday, speaking to mum. I said, how do you get on? She goes, well, she said, when we worshipped, I stood up and I worshipped. I stood in my den and I worshipped God. And when we sang the bit, when he moves to the left, then I move to the left. And when he moves to the right, then I move to the right. (laughs) Jump, jump. Come on, Pam. Anyway, she said, I was just praying that God would meet with me. I wasn't asking for anything particular. But that night, when I went to bed, I walked up the stairs and I got to the top of the stairs and I thought, hold on, that didn't hurt. My, my hip, so mum's hip has given her a lot of trouble for years. She struggles to walk. She couldn't walk with dad, so, that, so we bought a tracker for him so that he could go and walk in on his own. Um, long car journeys, um, we should be in a lot of pain after a long car journey. Got to the top of the stairs, she thought, that didn't hurt. So being sensible, she goes back down the stairs and back up again and did that a couple of times and thought, no, that doesn't hurt. Come on. Hallelujah. Next day, goes into town, long, long story, parks at the end of the town, walks all through the town. The next day, Tuesday, she walks into town. I have never in my life known mum to walk into town. (laughs) Completely healed. A couple of long car journeys. Now, right, this is the exciting bit. I spoke to Wendy, and I said, look, the thing is, Wendy, when I've spoken to mum, it's different. There's a life about mum that I've not noticed before. She texted me just as worship started this morning. She said, do you know what? My life now feels like a light has been switched on. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Irene, watching from Ireland. It's great to have you with us, too. So, wonderful news. Um, Becky, uh, who heads up our kids, I could have got you to come and say this. Do you want to come and say this? Or should I read it? I'll read it. So Becky heads up our kids' work. She she wrote to us and said, In Ignite, we ask God for words of knowledge, and lots of children last Sunday had accurate words that others responded to. The kids prayed for each other. We saw a back and a neck healed, ankles, and three responded about feeling worried at school on Monday so we could pray and encourage them. Come on. God's moving amongst the kids. Wonderful. Um, a lady fra- called Alina from uh, Ragdon Road Church emailed in. She says, the first session, Surprise talked about feeling threatened and afraid. When he finished preaching, he started praying. I felt something broken over me. My fear of driving is broken. All day was an encouraging day for me. I had so many attacks before the conference. God is great. And and we're hearing other stories coming in. Please keep them coming in. Please keep sharing because these are important to capture what God has done. Many people have spoken about just um, a a new level of anointing and freedom, uh, that God's felt closer or bigger somehow, uh, that something has changed inside. For me, I know I've just been uh, sitting under the presence of God all week. It's been really hard to work because I've not known what to do with myself. Just a sense of the presence of God uh, just resting on me. It's just been wonderful. Uh, and, you know, I just want to say this. It was great having surprise. You know, he was such an encouragement. But this isn't just about surprise being with us. 
This is something that God is doing amongst us. Um, he, it, he wasn't even the one who prayed for quite a few of these people. You know, he wasn't in the kids' work. He prayed for the kids before they went, uh, and God just healed uh, some people out there. But we benefit from what he carried, and he's come to, he came to add to what God was already doing. He's come, he came to add to the foundations that have already been laid. He came to encourage the culture that was already embedded. So I want to just talk about some of the things that, we as elders, we picked up some of the things that I, I felt as well, um, particularly keenly that we learned from that time. And the first thing was about this whole thing of impartation. You know, this, this mysterious word that's sometimes bandied around. It's quite biblical, actually. Paul talks about impartation by the laying on of my hands that you'd receive another spiritual gift. So impartation is biblical. Uh, but an impartation isn't just from the laying on of hands. It can be an impartation just from an atmosphere that somebody carries, an anointing that they carried. And I, and I really believe that we received an impartation from God through Surprises Ministry last week, a, a deposit of faith. I mean, perhaps you can't even describe quite what it was, but there's just something that changed. Anybody else just felt like something shifted, something shifted in our thinking, something, something was widened, something was broadened. Um, so, and that's what an impartation feels like. Something's changed. I just know I'm different now. Uh, several people have spoken about just feeling closer to God this week, you know, because of being around the presence of God last weekend. Uh, and that's what it feels like. So we, we need to do something with this. You know, impartation isn't just like a magic incantation. <laughs> it's not just, oh, he's laid hands on me, so therefore everything's amazing now. You actually have to do something with that impartation, especially for us corporately together as a church. We need to honor what God did amongst us, which is why we're taking this session to just stop and say, hold on, God, what did you do last weekend? Uh, so Paul writes to Timothy, he says, look, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. It first lived in your grandmother and is in your mother. And I'm also as persuaded lives in you too so there was already something going on there he said but for this reason i remind you to fan into flames stir up keep the fire going of the gift of god which is in you through the laying on of my hands so there was that amazing foundation then there was impartation from the apostle paul he says you've got to keep tending to it You've got to keep breathing on it, got to keep stirring it, stir the pot. And that's what I want to try and do a bit today is to just stir the pot of what God was doing last week. And here's two things I think need to be stirred up as a result of last weekend. Firstly, I think we need to cultivate the art of telling powerful stories. I think we really need to cultivate that. I mean, it's one of the things that struck me was the sheer number of miracle stories that Surprise and the team would tell. And it wasn't just when he was preaching. It was all the time. Uh, Stories came out of the meals that we had together. It came out while we were traveling from place to place. The stories came out over coffee in the morning, tea in the afternoon, time and time again. Any excuse for a story where God was the hero. I love that. I thought that was a really good line, that. <laughs> Where God was the hero. And I think we need to get better at doing this. Um, the disciples did it all the time. It says when Jesus sent them out, they came back and gathered around Jesus with stories of what they had seen and how God had used them. He used me. And I saw this. And even the demons. They were scared of us. That's how they spoke. And then it carried on into the New Testament church. The apostles would regroup in their Jerusalem leader meetings and tell stories. God's breaking out over here. We're seeing that happen over there. There was this miracle that happened over here. So why tell stories? Well, simply, stories bring glory to God and they bring faith. They build faith in others. It creates a culture of expectation. And plus, it's what children do. You know, children, they tell stories. If you sit down with a child at the end of the day, they tell you all about the day, all the things they discover today, all the things they learned about the world. And it's all exciting. It's all amazing and wonderful. It's what children do, and which is why I think the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. There's just a childlike curiosity and excitement Guys, don't get too grown up. 
Don't get cynical about what God is doing. We need to be childlike and open to t- just to tell stories about God's goodness. So what stops us? We know that they're good. We like hearing stories. If ever I preach and I don't tell stories, I get told I didn't tell enough stories by my wife. Because people like stories, don't they? It's so you can imagine it. You can feel that you're there. You can be in it and you can get something from it. Well, why don't we, what stops us? Well, I think sometimes it's a misplaced, of, misplaced sense of modesty sometimes. I think it's a misplaced sense of modesty. I don't want people to think that I'm boasting about how God has used me. (laughs) For me, honestly, it's such a miracle that he used me. I want you all to know about it. I just can't (laughs) believe he did. Crumbs, guys. Get over the modesty. You don't need it. And actually just telling the story gives glory to God anyway. Could you perform that miracle without him? I don't think so. So any stories that you tell are going to be about him. They're going to make him the hero. They're going to give him glory. Sometimes that's what it is, a misplaced sense of modesty. More often, though, I think it's a hesitation of, well, I think this happened, but I just need to test it a bit. Or wait to hear back from the person. And that actually is cynicism that's slightly hidden. That's actually being a bit cynical. Well, maybe you didn't, maybe you did, maybe it was just this or that. We try to rationalize it. The thing I'm learning in, is the importance of testifying to what God has done or to what the person say they experienced, even if we're still waiting for the completion of the miracle. That's what I'm learning. Thank him for what he's already done, because actually when you do that, you stand on the truth of what he's done, and more often than not, you get the rest as well. It's when we don't testify that we often lose what God has already begun, what he's already done. How about that? you okay with that? You know, it's okay to praise God for a 70% improvement. That's still a healing. (laughs) That's still an improvement, although we still want to go after the 30%. And if people will come and share with me, I had a 70%. I said, come on then, let's get the rest. I've actually got more faith to go for the rest when somebody says they've had a 70% improvement than when they've had nothing at all. Amen? So share those stories, please. We want to hear them. We want to hear what God has started because we can stand with you for the completion. So we need to cultivate the art of telling powerful stories and we need to tell them again and again. And even if you don't have any stories of your own, nick them from somebody else. Nick them from the church. Nick them from what other people share. I mean, wasn't it great to hear Tom's story if you weren't there, Tom's story of his, his collarbone miraculously healed and the doctors didn't even know what to think of it because it happened so quickly and full movement restored miraculously within a week or two weeks, maybe even three. That's miraculous. And so he's told people everywhere, I'm hearing stories back from other people about the miracle that happened at Solihull. It's like, oh, I've heard about this miracle. Steve was down with somebody in London who's heard about this miracle that's happened in Solihull. It blesses the body of Christ. Tell the stories, even if they're not your own. Grab them from somebody else. Say, I know this guy. He did this, and this is what happened. Okay, so we want to be telling those stories, and that helps to unlock miracles and bring the kingdom of God. So there's some things to cultivate in impartation, and there's things to build on. Here's some of the things that we need to build on. We need to build on what we have seen and heard. We need to build on that. You know, Surprise said on more than one occasion over the few days, and honestly, I can't remember what he said publicly, or what he said privately, or what he said here, or what he said there. So forgive me if you've not heard this It was pretty cool. He said on more than one occasion that the secret to miracles is a lifestyle of risk. It's a lifestyle of risk. And I know certainly for me, I've been challenged to go for more in the area of healing and miracles through surprises, example, and to expect more. I mean, when you hear of a man who's planted so many churches with so little education or even knowledge about the Bible or even the church in those early days, I mean, he planted dozens of churches, I think it might have been hundreds of churches, just on John 3.16. That's the only verse in the Bible he knew. And you kind of think, oh my goodness, what am I doing? (laughs) 
go into a village, perform some miracles, John 3.16, people get saved, start a church, move on. Hey, come on. You know, when you hear of a man who does that, walking into another village or a country and receives the language of that country or that village, and he's got 17 so far and is expecting another one next year. (laughs) When you hear stories of people being raised from the dead, he told this great story, and I was trying to get him to tell it publicly because I loved it so much. I'm going to tell you. So um, it was late one evening, and an old man turned up at the door of their house where they live. They'd often have people queuing up outside their house because they want a miracle. Hey, wouldn't you love that? Anyway, this is old man came late at night, and he says, um, or late in the afternoon, sorry, knocking on the door. He said, I've come for a job. Surprise says, I haven't got a job. He said, no, I've come for a job. I've been told that there's a job here. And surprise says, old man, I'm sorry, that there's, no, there's no job here. You need to go. And he says, no, 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 I need to come in and, and, and see you. I can't go home now. And uh, surprise, okay, well, come in and have something to eat and something to drink. He came in, something to eat, something to drink. And the old man, it was obvious he wasn't going. He was there, right? So surprise says, well, okay, I, be- I better make up a bed for you. You can sleep in the lounge on the sofa, and tomorrow I will drive you home. So they go to bed, get up next morning, Right, come on then, let's, let's take you to your home. Where do you live? Oh, the next village. Okay, I'll drive you to the next village. Surprise on his friend, get in the car, take this old man to the next village. He says, no, no, not this village, the next village. Okay, so surprise drives him to the next village. And then this goes on, five, six, seven villages. And in the end, surprise turns around and says, look, please, will you just tell me where do you live? Because I will drive you there and we can stop driving from one village to another. And he turns around to look at the man and he disappears, sitting in his front seat. Surprise turns to his friend. He says, I think that was Jesus. That was Jesus in my car. He slept in my lounge last night. Oh, my goodness. They go back home. And as they get back home, there's a family that have just turned up. Uh, The mother has just died. They brought her for resurrection therapy. What would you do if that happened outside your house? Brought her for resurrection. Surprise says, oh, lay her where that man lay. Lies her on the bed where Jesus has just slept. She immediately revives and comes back to life. Come on. That is a good story, isn't it? Wonderful. Do you know, when you hear these kinds of stories, it kind of stretches the boundaries of what you think is possible, doesn't it? Or is, it, is that just me? Has this kind of given us a completely different scale for saying, what can God do? I think it has. I think it's expanded something. Certainly in my thinking, it changes our experiences. It challenges them to go for more, to be a little bolder and to expect more from God. For example, to go a step further from healing to renewal of body parts. That's what I'm going for. I I feel that to go for creative miracles, that's what we saw last week. A lady gets new discs in her back. Not just the pain go, not just a healing, but let's have some new body parts. How does that sound? To pray more confidently in the face of so-called incurable illnesses. I want to see cancer. I want to see healing from cancer here in Solihull. I want to see that. It's something I've got a godly obsession about it. We've seen too many people die of cancer. Does anybody agree with me on that? Can I have an amen? Amen. To see age-related conditions reversed. Why should we have to get old? I love that, youngernized. Let's go for the youngernized. That's a technical theological term that that, uh, Surprise gave us. And to see more breakthroughs in mental health. I was so encouraged this week to speak to a leader I prayed with again last week. He was on the verge of burnout and depression. And listen to what he wrote to me. He said, I feel significantly different to how I was before the conference. I was not in a good place, on the verge of getting signed off work with all the implications this has. I feel like I've received a great deal of healing and breakthrough, though. I have had a very stressful period of work for several years with very high workload and an inexperienced and depleted team, meaning the burden has fallen on me. I feel burnt out from this, 
which added to all the difficulty of last year his brother died. Uh, um, of loss and trauma, it's been crushing. However, walking into work today, I feel totally different. I no longer have a wafer-thin tolerance. I feel able to cope with the pressure. I don't remember receiving such a tr- an amazing transformation. Just shows what a few minutes in the presence of God uh, can do. Thank you so much for your part in this, for praying and for listening to me. I phoned him uh, on Thursday and he says, I'm still going strong. This is incredible. This is an amazing miracle. Mental health. Yes. Come on, Jesus. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. The scale of our operations has been moved to a bigger place. I believe that there's an invitation to go for more, to step out of the boat. I mean, do you know that if you don't step out of the boat and try to walk on water, you don't find out whether you can? Have you ever thought about that? I think there's some boats that we need to step out of and some waters that we need to try walking on. And sometimes we might sink, but hey, Jesus is going to catch us. I'm up for that. We need to take some risks to build on and in this larger place. So what are you going after? What are you going after? What do you want to see? If, you've got the, if we've got this bigger place, this bigger vista of possibility, where even the dead are raised lying in a couch, because Jesus turned up the night before because he wanted a job. Come on. Anything is possible. People getting delivered from drug addiction. In a moment, just because they've had an encounter with Jesus, mental health, I so want to see some breakthrough on that. Come on. What are you going to do in this bigger realm of possibility that's opening up? What do you want to go for? I feel like I need to just stop there for a moment. (laughs) What do you want to go for? What was impossible suddenly now seems almost possible that you might even try for or go for. What is it? Why don't you just share it with the person next to you? If there's anything that's just come to mind, I'm just going to pray for you on the back of that. Just share something with them. What is it you're wanting to see? How many people just got a brain freeze? I don't know what to ask for. Yeah, I mean, because anything is possible, right? So what he can do beyond what we could ever ask or think, beyond anything that we could ever imagine. So our problem when it comes to this realm is, I can't imagine enough. (laughs) I can't imagine anything big enough. Come on, let's just stand for a moment. Let's just put our hands out, and, and even if you're not part of this church, it doesn't matter, you're part of the body of Christ. Let's just say, Holy Spirit, we invite the impossible into our churches. We invite it, Lord. We invite miracles like we've never seen or heard of before. We invite them, Lord. We invite the dead raised. Lord, we invite cancer gone. We invite mental health, uh, long-term conditions reversed, depression dealt with in the name of Jesus. We, we invite it, Lord. We receive this, Lord, because you are the God of miracles. You can do anything. Lord, forgive us for limiting you. Forgive us for trying to put you in a box like the Old Testament even, like an old tabernacle box where it's just safe. And we know where you are. Lord, we want to break the box today and say, Lord, whatever you want is okay with us. This is your church and we are your people. Do whatever you want to do, but do something, Lord. Do whatever. Do anything, Lord. We want the big stuff of God. We ask you for that, Father, for each one of us. I pray even this week for each one of us, even at the workplace, the atmosphere would change as we walk in. I pray, Lord, salvation will come to this house multiplied, multiplied in Jesus' name. We ask you for that in our workplaces, in our schools, Lord, in our neighborhoods. We ask you for that. Father, the impossible, that which we thought was impossible, shift now because you are the God of the impossible. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Forgive us for limiting you. Lord, you are the limitless one. Thank you, Father. Amen. Now I ask you for salvation to come to different families. Just felt that there was a promise of that. There's several parents here. 
crying out in your heart, say, Lord, I want to see that miracle. I ask you, release it today. In Jesus' name, release it now. Salvation to your house, to your whole household now, in Jesus' name. Mental health situations in your families, we release in Jesus' name. Depression. Uh, What's that thing called when they can't go out of the house? I'm just seeing somebody. Agrophobia. We just banish that fear over you now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Anything else? You just pray where you are. Go on. You ask him. He's here. He's saying, what do you want? Lord, part the waters. Move the mountains. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, just take your seats. We might have to pause again in a minute, so we'll see. Um, so that, that was the thing about impartation. There's something to cultivate, there's something to build on. There's stories taking those risks because things have been enlarged for us. The possibilities have been made bigger for us. I believe that. I think that's part of the impartation that God has given us. The second thing I really felt was about this emphasis on the presence of God, um, which, as you probably would gather, that excites me. I love that. Um, Surprise and I only met once before. We met at a small meeting just outside of Coventry uh, a couple of years ago, just after the Catalyst Conference. But there was an instant connection there. It was a bit mysterious, really, and then that was kind of confirmed when we met again it just felt like we'd known each other for years. It was really strange, but it was a God thing. And as we got to know each other a little better, what we realized was the connection was around that, the love of the presence of God, and the complete obsession with the fact that we don't do anything unless he's there. We don't go anywhere unless he's going there. That's, that's the obsession, okay? Uh, a church that's founded on the presence of God, a church that's built around it, a church that flows out of it, a people that flow out of the presence of God. That's why I'm here, and that's what I want. It's his presence that's the most important thing. And I think that's why it was so easy for us to flow together with him and his team, because there was that, that absolute connection. And this is just fundamental. This is what we're called to build, something around the presence of God. It goes right back to the Old Testament for me. In Numbers chapter 2, it says that Israel was laid out around the presence of God. In verse 1, it says, God commands Moses and Aaron, the Israelites are to camp around the presence of God, the tent of meeting, some distance from it, each of them under their own banners, built around the presence of God. The camp is laid out with this tent of meeting, the tabernacle of God's presence, right at the heart of the, uh, the whole community. And then people are camping out somewhere to the... Look at this, watch this. People are camping out to the east. They're camping out to the west. They're camping out to the north. And they're camping out to the south. And the heart, the middle, is where the presence of God is. Is that the cross or what? Does that look like the cross to you? God was starting something even then. He says, this is what I want. I don't want any separation between me and my people. And the cross is the answer for that. The cross is the answer for that. God makes that really clear. That our meeting together, what we do together as believers, is to be centered on his presence. It started right back in Egypt in how God led them out. They followed the fire by night and the cloud by the day. They followed his presence literally. Lord, where are you going? <laughs> okay, we'll go over there. Oh, you're going over here now. Okay, we're going to go there for a bit. But then when they camped, they camped around the presence of God. When they were attacked, it says they were just getting to the Red Sea and the fire came behind them and it protected them from their enemies. They were surrounded with the presence of God, even in that state, even in that place. I was just watching a, an auto... no. It's not an autobiography. What do you call it? Documentary. That's right. It felt like an autobiography of God to me when I was watching it. It said that um, they found the crossing place and the chariot wheels and all that. Have you know, do you know this about the crossing? 
Uh, and uh, they found it there, covered in coral under, under the water. Amazing. They found the crossing point. And at the crossing point on the Egyptian side, um, where the fire came behind the people, what they have on the beach there are melted elements. It looks like concrete, but it's not concrete because the elements are actually melted with fire, and it's a mystery. Unless you read the Bible. (laughs) Surrounded by. It says in Psalms, it says, the angel of the Lord, which is a picture of his manifest presence, encamps around those who fear him. Didn't you just love that picture that Surprise shared with us about being surrounded, hedged in, hedged in by his presence, hedged in by him? Of course, at the beginning, it wasn't always like that, you see. God couldn't always have his presence right in the heart of the people. It says in, before just the first year of their journey, that Moses had to go outside the camp to meet with God. He had his own little tent of meeting. And he had to get away from the people to meet with God. He had to go up the mountain to meet with God. And the mountain, it says, was guarded by clouds and fire so that the people didn't come near because they might pollute that relationship. They're too sinful, you see. And because of the sinfulness and their rebellion, they couldn't come close to God. But that's not what God wanted. That was never the plan. Which is why the regulations in the Old Testament came about the tabernacle. So that God could live amongst his people. And now it's in through the church. Because of the cross, he inhabits his people. And we are being built together around the presence of God. We are literally being made a presence. A temple of his presence. That's what the church is. It's where God lives. Feel free to get excited about that. But you know, the miracles don't come from human effort. They come from resting in his presence. It's when we learn to minister in and from his presence that we see the miracles. Doesn't that just take the pressure off? I followed Surprise around wherever he went for four or five days. I watched him as he prayed for people. I listened in on as many conversations as I could without being impolite. And this is what I saw. No formulas, no techniques, No magic words, no incantations, just the presence of God. And often he wouldn't even pray in English because you don't know what to pray. How many people have come across situations, I haven't a clue where to start, and actually when you pray, you're afraid that if you pray that you have no kind of empathy, sufficient empathy, because I can't even understand what that person's going through. So you just pray in tongues. Just pray in tongues. So you don't even have to think about what to pray for. Just flow from the presence of God. And he's seen the dead raised. He's seen cancer cured. He's seen the blind see. He's the deaf hear, all the things. How wonderfully reassuring. Don't you think? How wonderfully reassuring. I can do that. Say to you, say, can you say that? I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, I can too. How wonderfully reassuring, how incredibly basic, how easy for us to get hold of. And it's what we were already going for. And it's what God has been leading us into. Miracles come out of the presence of God. So let's keep pursuing him. Let's keep worshipping and encountering him. Let's keep spending time together waiting in his presence. You know those awkward silences? I love those. Because you think, what are you going to do, God? Because I don't know what to do. Just wait in his presence. Getting filled up. Let's not get tired of praying for one another to be filled with the Spirit. I remember years ago, I was uh, faced with a... Oh, we've got to finish in a minute. I, I was faced with this really difficult pastoral situation. I had no idea what to do. Uh, this guy had... Um, Uh, kind of a schizophrenia, and it was really hard to even have a conversation with him. He was sociopathic and all kinds of things. He didn't have any peace. And so they thought I was the person to to meet with him because I'm such a pastor. And 
I did, I love people. That's the thing. And do you know what God said to me? Tell him how to sit in my presence. And I'll do everything else. So that's what we did. He'd come every week. I said, right, okay, what we're going to do today, we're just going to sit in his presence. This is what it's like. This is how it happens. We saw more breakthrough in those six weeks of him sitting in the presence of God than all the counseling ideas I could have ever thought of because his presence is in his presence that the miracles are performed. It's that simple. Don't make it complicated. That's all it is. That's why we're doing things like just worship. You know, don't think this is an optional. I'll just worship. Oh, they'll just be singing. No, you need to be there. If you love the presence of God, if you want to see miracles, you need to be there. The encounter meetings, we've had encounter meeting after encounter meeting where people haven't literally been able to go home because the presence of God has come so powerfully. You need to be there. You're missing out if you don't go to these things. And we don't want to put pressure on people. We want to be legalistic and don't want to be legalistic. We want to be grace-filled. But guys, you've got to be there. What's the matter with you? Oh, there you go. That's it. I can't say any more. But I think there's something else that God wants us to do. Pursue him, but let's expect more from him. Because it's out of that manifest presence that the miracles happen. When his presence is here, anything can happen. That's our expectation. Finally, this is the final thing I really felt, and we kind of touched on this a lot this morning, was outbreaks of joy. You know, the miracles come out of joy. Uh, I love this. Uh, This is the thing that we saw over those few days, and it's how we finished Sunday, wasn't it? With that wonderful word Alison brought about the joy of heaven coming down. I felt like something happened in that moment. I don't know about you. Um, I felt we had a download of joy and celebration. Do you know, oh, I don't know, it's so bad when things are recorded, aren't it? I went to another conference a little while ago, and it was all worship. It was lovely. It was lying on the floor and soaking and all this kind of thing, really powerful and wonderful. And it was genuinely wonderful, but there was no praise. There was no celebration, or very little. And it all looked great, and it was all wonderful. And I thought, oh... Where's the breakout? Where's the celebration? Because there's authority unlocked in praise and celebration. It's when we praise that the walls come down. Guys, jubilee means party. You know, that's what God's given us. And I couldn't help but think last weekend, uh, there's a prophet called um, Julian Adams who came five years ago. He said that the, the church here would be characterized by... Um, outrageous worship outrageous any outrageous people here this church is to be characterized by demonstrations of outrageous extravagant overwhelming worship that's our calling I felt like that started something started we've seen bits of this but I feel like there's something that God has started for outrageous worship Uh, Surprise told us something really interesting. And again, I don't know if he told you this. He told me. Okay, so (laughs) I I think he might have hinted at it, but he told me the whole story. But um, I'm just joking. Sorry. Um, uh, (laughs) Okay, I loved it. You know. Okay, but he told us something really interesting. He definitely told us this publicly. He said that some well-meaning people had had said to him early in his ministry that if he was to be taken a little more, if he was going to be taken a little more seriously by people, he needed to start being a bit more serious and stop all that silly giggling and outbursts of laughter. It just had to stop. And so he retorted that he'd rather not be taken so seriously. Then, oh, Amen. That's what I am talking about. Uh, and, and the reasons are the, the retort came from his childhood because in his background he knew this is the bit I don't think he knew but yeah. <laughs> but in his background <laughs> oh, I don't want to take myself too seriously guys you know we just want to have fun don't we um, in his background he knew the power of laughter and spiritual warfare he was raised in the home of a witch doctor and the children were not allowed to laugh 
they weren't allowed to laugh around the witch doctors because witches hate laughter. They hate it. It really, really gets under their skin. Whoa, what a wonderful weapon of warfare. All we've got to do is laugh. And that's what the joy is about. That's what God was speaking to us about this morning. We need to laugh more. We need serious outbursts of giggling, I think. Um, celebration, joy, laughter and joy are some of the greatest weapons that we have. They come, but they come out of his presence. Did you know that? Joy actually comes out of his presence. It's an overflow of joy that comes out of his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy, an overflow. Fullness, it overflows, it spills out. It's uncontainable joy. Anybody got any of that? Please, let's have some. Okay. You know, in Jubilee, we never wanted to take ourselves too seriously. I love the fact that our podcasts, if you listen to them, often have laughter in the background. We don't put canned laughter on it. It's actually really happening. People laugh a lot. If you ever listen, just listen to the sermon that's been recorded and listen to the laughter in the background. None of it's mocking, I don't think, but you never know. You know, however big or significant we become as a church, I never want us to get serious. I never want us to get serious, especially about ourselves. I never want us to get too slick or too tidy. Um, And please, guys, never let me become cool. (laughs) Some miracles do happen, you know, the impossibles just drop. Um, Never let me, never, we never want to get cool or cold because coolness leads to coldness. Whoa. You know, joy and laughter is the serious business of heaven. C.S. Lewis said that, I think, or maybe it was me, I don't know. Um, I think some of our miracles are going to come as we laugh at impossible things. And, and as we begin to laugh at some of the lies, do you know they're just lies? You can laugh at them. They have no power over you. It's the intimidation that comes with the lies that paralyzes us. We need to learn to laugh at the spirit of intimidation. We need to laugh at the threat of sickness, the threat of sickness and disease. Um, we were, oh, I don't know, should I tell you this? Yeah, I'm going to tell you this. We, we were given some advice about how to deal with a controlling person. I don't know, anybody ever come across controlling people? I've hardly met any, but one of the bits of advice that's given is laugh with appropriate humor in their presence. It completely undermines control. Control is witchcraft, you know that. And the witches hate laughter. So laugh appropriately. And I believe that there's freedom going to come to some houses here today just because of joy. Amen. Laugh at it. Laugh in the face of the enemy. So here are some of the themes that I feel are coming through because of God is just sniffing the air of what God is saying to us. Firstly, tell powerful stories. Guys, will you do that? I'm asking you. There's two or three people that are going to do that. I, I want a queue of people about stories that God is doing amongst us. And we need to learn how to tell them well, so we don't all have half an hour to tell them. As we often say, we want the headlines, not the news. So we want the headlines of what God is doing. Let's boast about him. Let's make him the hero of every story. We need to take some risks on another scale of God's goodness, because we've been moved into a bigger place. So let's spread out a bit here. Now, Paul and Pam have just moved house. Uh, And I saw them spreading out in that place yesterday, claiming it and making it their own. It's all very well to have a new house, but if you sit outside on the drive with the removal van, that's not taking possession. You need to take possession of this place that God is giving us, Jubilee. There's a bigger place that he's giving us in the spirit for this new season. And thirdly, pursuing the presence of God. This is about prayer. This is about worship. This is about encounter. These things are so important for us. It is the main thing, you know. 
This is the main thing. That is our life. And as we do this, we expect more from God. And finally, joy. We never want to take ourselves too seriously. So permission to laugh a lot. You know, I've often said, we replanted this church many years ago. And the thing that I said over and over and over, and I still say it today, is, guys, church is meant to be fun. It's meant to be fun. And if you're going somewhere that isn't fun, go somewhere that is. Because there are more fun places to go than a church that's dull. Church is meant to be fun. Where his presence is, there is fullness and outflowing and overpouring of joy. Okay? So I think we're going to pick, try and pick up on some of these themes over the next few weeks. We've got Simon Clay next week. He's going to be talking about living under a cloud. Doesn't that sound good? He thinks, yes, you're going to. It's going to be amazing. About the presence of God. He says, it's not like any talk I've done before. So I'm very excited about that. We're over time. I'm sorry. But I just wanted to share my heart with you. Can I, can I just bless you? Would you just stand with me? And whether you were here last week or not, you're here today and we bless you. Some of what we have. If you weren't here last week, would you just like a blessing from us? Just put your hand up if that's right. Right, people that were here last week, would you just gather around them and just bless them right now? Let's just give away some of what God's given us. Just pray. Just pray. Say, Lord, I give this to you. We give this anointing away. We just give it to them. We bless them with joy. Bless them with your presence. We bless them with miracles. We bless them with freedom. Thank you, Father. We release the fire of God over you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We release joy and laughter in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise your holy name. Woo! Thank you, Lord. We're just full of expectation, Lord, not because of men, but because of you. We just love your presence. We want to pursue your presence wherever it goes. And Holy Spirit, we cause your manifest presence to crash in on us anytime you want. Come and do some stuff amongst us, Lord. We are your church. We're your people. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.